Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. In Proverbs chapter 18, continuing, continuing in where we started last week, uh, or last Wednesday night, uh, the power of words. And tonight I want to speak to you on the subject of the value of words. Somebody say the value of words. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 20 through 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Let me paraphrase this verse. By simply saying it like this, the quality of your life is dependent on the words you speak. I'm going to say that again. The quality of your life is dependent on the words you speak. And you may may say, how is that possible? If you skip to verse number 21, death and life are in the power of... Of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. If you don't like the fruit that you're partaking of right now, you might want to check what you're speaking over and in your life. Let me make this statement. If this portion of scripture, if what I just read, verse 21, were not in the Bible, Uh, it would be difficult to believe. If it were not in the Bible, I would really not believe that words that we speak are that important. Not only that phrase, but this thought all through Scripture that it matters, it's important what comes out of your mouth. When you think about it, everything that God created, He created through words. He created this thing that we called life in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, then God said. Then you skip another verse, then God said. And you'll never find where it said that God waved his hand. Or God got a hammer and nails and created what we have today. But he created it with his voice or with his mouth. And I want to remind us this evening that we were created in God's image. So there's something in the area of speaking that has creative power. It has a creative force of life and death that comes to us through what we speak out of our mouth. If you believe that, say amen. And one thing I like when I begin to study this is, and we need to get this early on in this message tonight, I'm not trying to get God in agreement with our words. I'm trying to get our words in agreement with our God. There is a difference. That's what makes the difference in what we see happen with our words. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight about two points. And the first point is words connect us to God. Words are how God comes 
from the spirit realm to the natural world where we live. Matter of fact, John wrote it in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But don't stop reading there. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Psalms 107 and 20 said, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I just want to remind there is power in your words and there are there is value in your words. There was that 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 chasm, if you would say, or that that canyon or that gulf between us and God because of sin. So what did God do? He sent his word. He came and robed himself in flesh and went beyond where we could not go and came in the form of a servant. He put on this flesh and he spanned that great divide to show us that we can have relationship with him, but it will be through our words that connect that relationship. Let me, let me go a little further. How do you receive the Holy Ghost? Maybe this will make, it, make a little more sense to you. How do you receive His Spirit? He sent His Word to heal us. And we walk across that bridge with our words in repentance. What good would it have been for Him to leave His throne in glory, come and pay the ultimate sacrifice and for us not to walk across the bridge that he did for that he built for us through repentance of sin when we confess our sin we move toward god how with the fruit of our lips that's how we draw close to god with the fruit of our lips romans 10:8 says by what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I want you to notice the Bible will connect. This may be worth writing down. The Bible will connect the mouth and the heart through Scripture. The Bible will connect the mouth and the heart. Through scripture. What we really believe in our heart will eventually come out of our mouth. I'm going to say that again. What we really believe in our heart will eventually come out of our mouth. When you look at Matthew chapter 12. This is a passage that many people have failed to understand. And have been afraid of. But it's not that hard to understand when you unwrap in its context the power of. Of words. Matthew chapter 12. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But blasphemy means evil speaking against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Don't stop reading. Verse 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree 
corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you speak evil? How can you be an evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, somebody say tree. Your heart is the tree. The mouth is the fruit that reveals what kind of tree you are. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye be, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So when we open up our, when we open up our mouth, we must come to an understanding that the tree is the heart. And the fruit is what comes out of our mouth. It is the fruit. The fruit is in the mouth. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35 and 37. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. Or we speak good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things or speaks evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, I don't know if you just read that. And if I were to poll this audience at verse number 37, there ought to be, there ought to be some, uh, man, a little bit of a, Wow, so my words really do, there's really value in what I say? For by thy, thy words shall you be justified. But the same mouth that can speak words of justification is the same mouth that can, can speak words of condemnation. That's how powerful our words are and the value that we possess in our words. When I read this, it's pretty amazing, and let me explain. Because Jesus is working miracles, and the Pharisees that were there that day began to attribute the power of God to the devil. They said he was casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. They were loudly attempting to say he was a demon-possessed individual working miracles because of the devil. But Jesus very quickly said, hey, what you're doing right now could send you to hell. That's how strong he felt about it. He said, the reason you're speaking against the Holy Ghost is because your heart is hardened or your heart is bad. If your heart is evil, you're going to speak evil things. And here's the reason it could send you to hell. According to Scripture, no man can come to Christ unless the Spirit draws him. And Jesus was saying here, if you keep speaking against the Holy Ghost, when it attempts to convict you to repentance, your heart will be so hardened that you will reject it, and because of that, you'll be lost. I know that's deep, and I know, but if you if you understand, the unpardonable sin is not it is not just some random sin. It's not some sexual sin or some you know sin of the flesh. But the words of our mouth 
have a way of bringing condemnation on our soul. I don't ever want to be guilty of my words silencing the voice of conviction in my life. When a message comes across this pulpit, I don't want to have spoke so many words against the, the house of God, the man of God, the scriptures of God, that when they're preached, they, it hits a wall of a heart that's been hardened, and there is no conviction. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to silence the voice of this pulpit. Why? Because I want to be saved. I want to be saved. We're saved by the foolishness of preaching. But, but don't say my words don't have value. They do have value. But let me put some of you at ease. You're here tonight. And there's a good chance that you ha your heart hasn't been hardened or you probably wouldn't be here tonight. So with that being said, you, you, you haven't committed the impardonable sin of blasphemy. But what I want to bring to your attention is that there would be a fresh appreciation for the words that come out of our mouth toward the things of God because our words connect us to God. Jesus is illustrating the power of words in what it could do to you. And may I add, I believe that Jesus wanted us also to understand the power and the value of words that it could do for us. Hallelujah. Jesus told the Pharisees, you've got a heart problem. And that it's causing you to destroy yourself with your own words. Have you ever met someone that nothing but negative come out of their mouth? He was letting them know, Pharisees, you've got a heart problem and it's causing you to destroy your own self with your own words. God help us to take inventory of how we speak to ourselves. Speaking of ourselves, God created you for, for a much better way of life and living than, than that. Hallelujah. I don't want to destroy myself. I don't want to destroy my wife and my family with words that I speak. I'm going to talk about that in just a few moments. How to deal with a hardened heart. How do you deal with a calloused heart and spirit? Start evaluating your words. Put value back on what you say. What's the first thing? Are you always negative? Are you always a pessimist? Is the glass always half empty? Well, pastor, you don't know how I was raised. Pastor, you don't understand this. No, I probably don't. But all of the things that happened in your life has brought you to this one culminating moment that I've got to make a decision what's going to come out of my mouth. I can't control what come out of your dad's mouth, your mom's mouth. I can't control what come out of former leader's mouth to you, but I can control what comes out of my mouth. That's where we have to take ownership and say, you know what? I'm going to take ownership and I'm going to change the trajectory of my future by what's coming out of my mouth. I want my words to connect me to God and not see his judgment against me. I don't want him, me to stand before him and him say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew. Well, no, your words, your words didn't match. Your words didn't, didn't add up. The tree and the fruit can't lie. 
God help us. Hallelujah. God help us tonight. Number two. Before I go there, let me say it again. Words connect us to God. Number two, words connect us to each other. This right here is probably one of the most challenging things that we will embrace. But, but see, we're good when it gets you and God. But words connect us to one another. Proverbs 18, 20, 18, 21, and 22. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a bad thing. Whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. So, so it's kind of a, when you get a good wife, you just automatically get favor with God. And, and then, am I misreading that? When you find a good lady, when you find a, a wife, thank you, Sister Britt, I may let, you find your wife, you find a good thing, and then when you found the wife and it's a good thing, you get favor with God. Did I misread that? Is that what it said? So there's a reason these two verses, could it be, let me just, in my studies, is it there a reason why these two verses are beside each other? In my opinion, the Word of God is perfect. God puts every verse exactly where He wants it to be. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and he who finds a wife, whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. And the way we connect to God is through our words, and the way we connect to people is through our words. Think about it. Anytime, anytime you've ever had a disconnect with someone, words were involved. Go back and look at what they said or you said, and you'll find that words were involved. You said some things. They said some things. There was a, a, possibly an a, a agree to disagree. But words come into play. Words connect us to people, but words also disconnect people. If I want a good marriage, and Lord help me, I need one, and I've got one. Ain't that right, babe? If we're going to have a good marriage, we're going to make it with our mouths. If I want a bad marriage, I'm going to make it with my mouth. I'm going to have to say something, do something, be something. But let me, let me say it like this. Some of you and some of us, let me just lump us all together. If I want a bad marriage or I want a bad relationship, it will start with a bad mouth. And I have to ask myself, am I speaking death over my marriage? Am I speaking death over my finances? Am I speaking death over my family? Am I speaking death over my kids? Am I speaking death over my health? 
Our words either agree with God's plan for our life or they agree with Satan's plan for our life. Every word we are speaking is releasing life or it's releasing death into our lives. That's that's scripture right there. We've got to make up our minds as children of God, as saints of the Most High. I want to speak words that's going to build up our home. That's going to build up our children. That's going to take us to places that we've dreamed of going. Accomplishing things in the kingdom of God that only God could do through the mouth that He has blessed us with. And because we speak it into existence. Hallelujah. Why is it so much easier to speak doom and gloom than it is to speak faith? To speak it as though it was. Declare it as though God is just getting, he's got it and he's fixing to release it into your life the moment you speak it. I just believe that our words connect us to God and words connect us to each other. Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. I read this this afternoon. We know that Jesus washes us clean with his blood. Water baptism in his name and his word. But let me ask us all a simple question. Are we washing and cleansing one another with words that we speak to them or about them? Are we constantly focused on their negative qualities? Because we're not all positive. There's some things in areas of improvement that we all have. Can I get a witness right now? It's important what you say to someone, but it's really, really important what you say to your spouse. Now, somebody's singing the same song I'm singing tonight. He's still working on me. Today's been one of them days. (laughs) And I knew what I had to preach, and the devil knew I did. Very transparent moment. You want to go with me to the doctor today? Yeah, I'll go with you. So what I thought was going to be a doctor's appointment turned into be a marathon day in Huntsville. I'm like, I didn't budget this. I'm kind of guy, I like to know what's going to happen before it happens. And I'm like... She knows I'm frustrated. She knows, you know, my God, we got to go eat lunch. Where are we going to go eat lunch? And we got to get back for this appointment and that appointment. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's 3.30, and I know 7 o'clock's coming. And um, she could feel my frustration just knowing the night and all of this. And I, I've got to get up and preach your words tonight. If I'd have known this was the way this day was going to go, I believe I'd have stayed at home. Well, you can rest assured you won't ever be invited again to go with me. See, I can be real because I got the But none of y'all's ever live what I'm saying right now. You know what? It's, it's one thing to, to go on, on a field trip, but it's another thing to feel like you've been held hostage. I was in a hostage situation. But I'm trying to help us tonight. Sometimes frustrating things happen. It's called life. 
You're going to be put in situations that you didn't plan on. And the first thing, it's, it's, it's common, I would say common under man. The first thing is to lash out to the closest one near you. It's, it's either a child, it's either a co-worker or your spouse speaking. And it's frustration. And what does frustration, you know, uh, contents under pressure, what will happen? We'll explode. And that's what happens. But if I could encourage us tonight, stop speaking death over your spouse. Stop speaking death over your children, your co-workers. Start speaking life into them. I know everything may not be going like you planned. I know things may not be. But let me just tell you this. You may be, well, well, they only got one good quality. If your husband only does one thing well, figure out what it is and compliment him and talk about it often. If the best thing he does is get out of bed every morning, you ought to say he's the best getter up or around. And while you're at it, tell everybody else how good he is at getting up every morning. Because I can just tell you, if you start stroking that one good thing that he is good at, you're going to be surprised at what happens next. I'll just tell you, I've I've been and I've been able to do a lot in the kingdom of God because that lady sitting on the front row has spoke good words over me before I ever deserved them. Now, I hate taking out the trash. But I try to do it every week without being reminded. That may be the only good thing. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I despise, but it's part of it. I do it, and I roll them cans out on Monday morning or Sunday night. When I think about it, if it's Sunday night, I try to get them out if I know it's raining. But but you know what? And I know this sounds crazy, but it's those little things that make her notice. Man, he's thinking about this house. He's thinking about what goes on around here. You're talking about fold a, fold a load of clothes. You're not going to find no better body better than that lady on that front row right there folding up laundry and getting them all organized and put in the drawer. And I walk and open that drawer and, man, all the T-shirts are lined up. The 150 pair of socks I got are just color-coded almost. And, man, it looks so... I'm thankful for that. But what we can't get in the habit is focusing on that one negative that he or she isn't doing. And tell everybody about how sorry he is or how sorry. I could find that good thing that they're good at and start saying, you know what, my words are going to connect me to them. And they're going to start doing other things when I begin to praise the one thing they're good at. Quit using words to speak death over different areas. Hurtful and negative words have opened the door to the enemy. We need to use positive, life-giving words to close the door to hell in its imps and bring healing into our relationships. You want to close the door on the enemy? Start speaking positive things over your home. Start speaking positive things uh, over your finances. Start speaking, you know, we're coming out of this. We're going to make it through this. I know, I know it's chaotic. I know all hell's broken. We're going to make it. 
we come, we, we gonna pay our bills and we're gonna get out of this jam and we're gonna work hard. I'm gonna get some overtime. We're gonna make it, baby. That's how you start turning your relationships around. That's, that's how you start turning your home around. When you change your vocabulary and understand if I'm going to see this thing change, it's going to start by changing what comes out of my mouth. Let, let me put it to you another way. You might have the exact husband, the exact wife, the exact children that you've made with your word. If you don't like the outcome, you got to change what's coming out of your mouth. It's important what we speak into our worlds. You really mean? You really mean my words? Oh, yeah. I'm going to help you now. This ain't even in my notes. but I'm, If you go home and you destroy everything that comes across this platform, don't be surprised when your kids ain't coming with you to church when they get at the age that they can make their own choices. Be careful what you go home and hash and, and you, you, you twist and turn and, and plant that seed into your baby's minds. This place ought to be the most sacred and the most sanctified place that you go, right? here. When you bring your, this is the best church. I didn't say it was the most perfect church, but this is the place where we go and we get our souls fed and we're going to get to heaven from this place. That's the kind of words that need to start coming out of our mouth. I know you've had bad leaders. I know there's things that have happened. I know they've said things and done th I know that. I, we've all had issues and things we could point back to. But we're not there any longer. We're here. We're right where God placed us and planted us. So now I've got to embrace and say, you know what? I'm going to get to heaven from this house, from this church, and serve him with gladness. And I want my kids to go. I don't want to get to the pearly gates. And I have to turn. Where's my babies at? And they're not with me because of words that I said. They're not with me because of, you're good people. And those kids know you're good people. Let it be your life's mission to build up the saints of the living God that we go to church with. Let them hear the positive things. Yes, we can all point out the bad, the ugly. We can point out the negative things. But oh, I want them to hear about the good stuff. I want them to hear about how good you are. Because why? You're either allowing God to bless you or Satan to come into your life with your words. I don't want Satan to come in and destroy your home. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. I'm going to finish here. Six words that come short of a healing of relationship. And you're going to think, Pastor, you're crazy. No. I'm going to give you six words that come short of healing a relationship. I need to ask your forgiveness. That usually means this is the best you're going to get. And you should be proud. I've at least been this humble. Now you would think. I need to ask your forgiveness. 
That would be the key. But let me give you seven divine words that will heal any relationship. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Words connect us to each other and words connect us to God. And the way we reconnect or connect with God is to say, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? That's what bridges gaps in relationships and in families and in marriages is us humbling ourselves and putting our pride at the foot of the cross and say, you know what? I said some things I shouldn't have said. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? The same vehicle you got into the driveway from a person or God is the same Let me say it like this. The same vehicle you got in to drive away from a person or God is the same vehicle you get in to drive back. It's your mouth. It's never too late to repair your relationship with anyone. And especially God, as long as you're breathing. As long as you're breathing, there's hope. As long as there's life flowing through those, through that body, you can pray one prayer. Lord, I was wrong. Have you ever had to tell somebody you were wrong? I was wrong. Would you forgive me? One of the, I was wrong is different than this. Well, if I've done anything, would you please forgive? No, that's not admitting you were wrong. If I've done anything, I I ask you, no, 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 no. I was wrong, and I know I was wrong. I'm asking you to forgive me. And sometimes you need to quantify that. What was you wrong in? You know what you do? When you confess it, you break the chain to what you did. But as long as it remains inside of you and there is not confession, well, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? We're getting it. That's a divine connection. But there's something that quantifies what you did wrong when you say, you know what? What I said against you and the words that I spoke against you, I was wrong. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Would you forgive me? Absolutely. You're forgiven. There are times that we fail God and we do things that we know we shouldn't do. That's where we come to an old-fashioned altar and we kneel. And when we come... We go beyond, Lord, would you forgive me? And we start speaking what we did. There's power in confession. Lord, I I ask you to forgive me for ABC. Because the, the likelihood of you confessing specifically what you have done, it will likely prevent you from ever doing it again. Because your words have a way of breaking those ties or those chains that would love to hold you captive and bound. Why don't you stand to your feet right now? The value of words. Lord, I'm asking you right now that you would overshadow this church And overshadow your people. God, words have been spoken 
over people's lives. There have been words that have been spoken by parents. There have been things that have been said to us. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never do anything for God. You'll never be successful. You'll never have a happy home. There are words that have been spoken over us. And Lord, I'm asking you right now that you would begin to allow us to attack every lie of the enemy with our own words. The words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. I'm asking you right now, Lord, that you would equip us and cause us to have a divine desire to begin to speak words over our children, over our families, over our marriages, God, that would cause us to see a divine favor upon us. Lord, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for our children. I thank you for this great church. Now, God, I speak life over them. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would help them, instruct them, and teach and equip them to speak words of life that will produce fruit not many days hence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And somebody say amen. Now, before we rush out of this building, our ushers are going to provide us an opportunity to give. But would you find two or three people or at least one and just speak something over?